Do you have something you want to improve about yourself? Maybe it's something petty or embarrassing. That's where Personal Best comes in. Personal Best from CBC Podcast is a self-improvement show for people who don't like self-improvement. Vulture calls it a delightfully dorky romp through a world of hidden wants and quiet dreams. And Time Magazine says it's one of the funniest podcasts to hit our earbuds in years. Did they really say that? That is really nice of them. Find Personal Best on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, I'm Peter Oldring. And I'm Pat Kelly. And you're listening to This Is That, the show that brings you stories you won't hear anywhere else. Are you people mad? This gives me great grief. Fake news. The very thought of that offends me. It's a terrible idea. Documentary. Oh, I just love the idea. Come on. I just couldn't believe my ears. This is that. The government employs over 9 million people, making it one of the largest employers anywhere. With such a wide range of employees from all different backgrounds, workplace sensitivity is always on the forefront. And with a recent change in policy, employee code of conduct may be getting more stringent. Joining me now to tell us more about this change in policy is the head of the Department for Government Wellbeing, Miss Susan Bonnert. Hello, Miss Bonnert. Hi, how are you? Very well. Thank you so much for being on the program with us today. Well, thank you very much um, for your interest. So tell us a little bit more about your job within the government. You're the head of the Department of Employee Wellbeing. What do you do? Yes, I have the possibly unenviable position of ensuring that for the entire federal um, set of employees and workspaces, uh, that all of the conduct that's happening within those spaces uh, is inclusive of all employees and offensive to none. That's the turn of phrase that I use as my measure, inclusive to all employees, offensive to none. Okay, uh, and so there are some changes coming to the uh, environment uh, yes. for the employees with the government. Uh, what what are you planning to change? In 2011, uh, January, um, we had an incident with one of our federal employees who uh, had a cold. And when walking in um, their federal office, um, they sneezed. And one of the other employees who passed by simply said, bless you. And then that employee sneezed again. And the other employee yelled again, bless you, and a few heads turned. Okay. And a couple of red flags were brought to our attention. Um, First of all, the assumption made when somebody says, bless you, is that what they're really saying is, God bless you. And obviously, that's offensive. That marginalizes. Okay, that's exactly ex- why? Why Why is that offensive? All they're hearing when somebody says, bless you, is somebody else saying, I believe in God. My God. Really? Well, I don't see how it could be interpreted any other way. Well, I think it could be interpreted as a flippant statement that is just saying, you know, I hope you're feeling okay. Yes, but if we were to take every offensive phrase and just simply say it was said in a flippant way, therefore it doesn't have any weight behind it, uh, shame on us, because obviously things said flippantly, they can still be very offensive regardless of how they're intended. Okay, so is this the only phrase that you're taking issue with? No, that shed light on the larger notion that there are certain conducts uh, that need to be scrutinized and need to be changed. Um, Another phrase that we uh, have banned uh, across the federal offices is, oh my God, (laughs) or OMG. (laughs) You think that this is offensive? 
Well, regardless of whether I find it offensive or you find it offensive, the notion that somebody could find it offensive is what we're trying to protect. Have you had any employees who are offended by this phrase? No, fortunately, we've caught this before anyone's、uh, been offended. But why would that offend someone else? They're not implying that another employee should then or, join in and. Or and, okay, you know. yes. Okay, what it implies is that if you don't share the same God as I do, then you don't have the right to be surprised, and that's what a lot of employees hear when somebody, in a moment of shock, says, "Oh my God!" Okay, so are there any other phrases that you would include into this new policy? We're getting rid of "thank heavens" because that opens up the entire debate about the afterlife,、uh, and as well, in a non-religious manner, "cheers."、Um, because why would that be? Well, that's something obviously that you do when you are drinking. Very quickly. So, what are some replacements for these phrases that you find offensive? What、oh, should be people be saying instead? Well, there's so many. If someone was to be surprised, instead of saying "Oh my God," we're recommending that federal employees simply say "Wow," or "Oh," or "Well, huh?" That replaces "Oh my God." Now, what about "Bless you"? The best that we could get it down to, and the phrase that we're suggesting people go with, is "Oh no, I heard that," because it implies that the person who sneezes has been heard, and it also implies a level of empathy for the person who sneezed,、um, suggesting, "I can tell that one of my coworkers isn't feeling well. I want them to know that I have heard that," by saying, "Oh no, I heard that." And then people are welcome to simply wave or give a pat on the back. Obviously, if you're patting someone on the back who's sneezing, you might also want to use a hand sanitizer. Well, thank you so much for being on the program and telling us about some of these changes, Miss Bonnart. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. And now for a story you won't hear anywhere else. This is. Order up. Hello, welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your order? From the drive-through at the only McDonald's in Brimley, Manitoba, it would seem like you were visiting any other McDonald's restaurant. Okay, so let me repeat your order back to you. But something about this particular store is indeed very different. It's a peanut butter and banana burger with an order of shepherd's pie and some carrots. Is that everything? Yeah, that'll do it, Donna. Thank you. This is the world's first and only community-run, non-for-profit McDonald's. All right, Steve. Pull up to the second window for your donation. Two years ago, this was a McDonald's restaurant like you'd find anywhere else in North America, but the McDonald's Corporation decided to close the Brimley location, citing poor sales. That closure turned this quiet Manitoba community upside down. I'm reporting live from outside of the now closed McDonald's in Brimley, Manitoba. As you can see, it's a scene of mayhem, sir.、Uh, if I could get a word, why are you here? I'm here to make my voice heard because they're tearing out the heart of our community. This McDonald's was the beating heart of Brimley. For six months, the restaurant sat closed and vacant—a painful reminder of happier times. That once Brimley too could count itself as part of the billion served. It was just such a deep sense of loss in our town. 
It sat closed until a local school teacher and youth leader decided that something needed to be done. My name is Jamie Davies, and I am a teacher at Stannis Baratheon Junior High School here in Brimbley. The McDonald's, for us, uh, was, was the real heart of our community. People have been married there. <laughs> That's, it's a, an iconic point when a, a boy becomes a man in our town. You go and you get the, the Big Mac. You know, I mean, it's actually where we've coronated the last three mayors. And when that was taken from us, I said to myself, something has to be done, if for nothing else, to heal our town. After several unsuccessful attempts to convince McDonald's to reopen the restaurant, Jamie decided it was time to take matters into his own hands. I had this idea that uh, as a community we could come together and, and maybe the community could run the McDonald's. Welcome to McDonald's, how can I help you? Hey, how are you? I'm good, how are you oh, doing, Jim? It would be on a volunteer basis, kind of like a nonprofit. <laughs> uh, you know, everyone in town would just volunteer, you know, do a certain number of shifts a week or, or donate. Ingredients. We're happy to be here. Enjoy that halibut. Sounds smells great. And that way, we could keep the real uh, heart and soul of our town open. It was an unorthodox idea, but as Jamie began approaching people in the town, it was clear that they were prepared to participate. Sharon Fredericks, RCMP. I said, sign me up. You know, I got engaged in that McDonald's. Mayor of Brimbley, Doug Counter. When they said they needed volunteers, I said, sign me up. I'll be the one who's in charge of cleaning the bathrooms. Even 87-year-old Dottie Semple loves working at the new McDonald's. When that nice young man asked me if I could help, I said, of course I can. And so I work four shifts a week on drive through Now in its third week since reopening, it's unbelievable to see how this once vacant fast food restaurant has been revitalized by the efforts of an entire community. I asked Jamie if there's any difference between this McDonald's and one you might find somewhere else. From the outside, it looks like a McDonald's. Fortunately, they left the Golden Arches, so those are still there. But when you come inside, I think you're initially hit by kind of the eclectic furniture. Uh, because, of course, the McDonald's Corp took the tables and chairs, so we had to, as a community, uh, bring in what we could. So. Uh, There's a fair bit of dark oak. And then, of course, there's the menu. There are some differences there uh, because we're relying on uh, whatever ingredients people from town can simply donate. special right now is actually uh, two McEgg salad sandwiches for $5. Uh, It's a challenge to make Big Macs. (laughs) We don't uh, have or know what the secret sauce is or was. And, of course, the iconic French fries. We... We, ours are different because we are having some trouble figuring out how this deep fryer works. So uh, what we do instead is just we have bags of chips. And of course our quarter pounder uh, is ham. But smiles are still free and that McDonald's energy is is alive and well in our store. That sounds good. I think I'm going to have the grilled cheese sandwich with a side of pickles and a butter tart. Sales are the best they've ever been. So good, in fact, they've decided to keep the drive-thru open till 3 a.m. on weekends. Jamie's pride for his community is truly inspiring, and he reminds me why this endeavor is so important. You know, other places around the world, uh, they've got town squares, and they've got uh, central parks, and these are uh, sort of the the heart and soul of, of those cities. Well, here in Canada, that heart and soul is usually McDonald's or Subway, or Tim Hortons. And I'm just so proud of what we've done because we are sending a message not only to McDonald's but to to other towns that stores can close, but they can't take away your town's heart. They 
can't take away your town's soul. They can't take away our McDonald's. From the community-run McDonald's in Brimbley, Manitoba, I'm Pat Kelly. Hello, welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your order? Hey, it's me, Gavin Crawford. Every week, I'll quiz comedians about the headlines. Do you worry about kids being exposed to drag? I grew up going to see men in dresses singing every Sunday, and we had to give them money, okay? (laughs) I wish they were singing show tunes and had some makeup and their hair done, right? It would have been way better. If the news has you screaming into the void, we can help with that. Because news is available on CBC Listen and everywhere you get your podcasts. never heard of anything so ridiculous. Come on, give me a break. You've got to be kidding me. This is that. In our wired world, using passwords is now unavoidable. Most of us use several different passwords every day, whether it be for our banking, our work, our social media, Netflix, the list goes on and on. But are the passwords you create keeping you safe? Digital security expert Roger Damby doesn't think so, which is why he joins us here now to tell us a little bit more about how we can all be more secure with our passwords. Uh, Roger, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us. Well, it's it's an absolute pleasure to to be able to join you, uh, Pat, and and talk to you about passwords. Well, you know the the, the subject of passwords and creating strong passwords is so important these yes, days. Yes, it's everywhere. Um, you know, we are, as I said in the introduction, we're using these to almost to enter every element of our life. So, so in your opinion, what makes a good password? Well, I'm asked this question a lot, and I, I have a feeling it's because this is my area of expertise that I'm asked it. And, and I always say it's a good password is like making good stew. And, and if, you, if you know how to make a good stew, you know what it takes. Ingredients. Yes. Yes. A lot of ingredients. Sure. You're going to have a meat in there. Potatoes. Yes. Yes. Peas. Ham. I don't use peas or ham in mine. Carrots. Well, yeah. Everyone. That's a mirepoix. Yeah. But you'd put venison in too if you if you could. Sure. But it is it is it is ingredients. We might be getting off track with the stew here. So okay, but I think it's a good analogy. So you're saying a a password, a good password, needs a lot of ingredients. Yes, a lot of ingredients. So that's that's letters, uppercase lowercase, uh, numbers, ampersands, and don't forget things like punctuation. You can use those. Commas, exclamation marks, brackets, stars, pluses, minuses. I don't think you can, actually. No, I can't. A lot of passwords, I know for my bank, they didn't let me use. No, then that's that could be a scam. Change banks. You've got to be able to use those things. You've got to be able to use periods, decimals, commas, brackets, all of that. Decimals and periods, I mean, isn't that the same symbol then, I guess, when you type that in? Okay, well, it's regardless of this may be because, are you at Royal Bank? Uh, I prefer not to discuss that publicly okay, well, on the radio, national radio. So security anyway, reasons. Well, it is for my security, yes. Yeah, so I'm wise, not letting very the country know where I bank. Tried to trip you up there. You wouldn't let the cat out of the out of the sack, but... For sure. Okay, so let's talk about some of the work that you do at SecureFX. Okay, um, here we go. We're going to rock and roll on this. Okay, so what? So let's let's put yourself in the mind of, of a hacker, I guess, oh, yeah. who you're protecting people sure, from. Sure, yeah. What are hackers looking for when they're trying to get into 
to uh, people's accounts. They're uh, looking for quick access, a quick fix, and a nab that cash. And, but how do they do it? I mean, what? How do they typically find out about passwords? Right. Well, you'd be surprised to know that a fair bit of it is guessing work because, okay. of course, there's some natural mistakes people make. You wouldn't even believe how many people use for their password well, one, well, two, three, four. You know what? Well, let's try as an exercise uh, maybe uh, then uh, uh, to, to demonstrate your point. Okay. You could you could maybe try to get into, let's say, my phone or uh, guess one of my passwords uh, okay. or guess my password for okay. my computer. Even. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So, you I, so you, you uh, so yeah, I think I've got this one. So, you work in radio. That's right. Yep. Okay. So, uh, uh, Mike Guy, Mike Guy. Right, Reference to the microphone? Yeah, microphone yeah. guy, mic guy. Uh, hold on, hold on. I see. Uppercase, okay, so what you're doing... Uppercase M, uppercase G, mic guy. That's not, it's not the password, but I, I, I see what you're doing is that you're, you're, one, a, you're making the assumption guy. that my password be, would be related to my profession. That's exactly the assumption I made. Okay, so, that's, but that's not my password. Aha, okay. But the, so but the warning would be for Canadians to not make your password uh, connected to your job. Certainly I wouldn't do that. Okay. But, okay, but so we already know one password. Password that it's not right. So we've already eliminated that from the table. So we're getting closer. Okay. So okay. So we and we tried. Did I say one, two, three, four? Uh, yeah. Okay. Is but that it's, it? It's not it. No. Okay. One, two, three, f- one, two, three, four. Bracket sign. No. No. Huh? No. What are what is the technique that you're employing here? This is whittling it down. We're getting. We're just pure. If we know that it's not those three, those are three more that I know that we don't that we're sure. not considering. So I we're think we're getting. getting we're, I don't know if we're getting closer. Well, so we I'm, have to be because we don't, we've eliminated three. Okay. Well, we don't have a lot of time. So okay. Well, uh, maybe we'll we'll forget trying realize, to break into my. Well, um, no, no. Now you've given me a good challenge, and I didn't realize this was time sensitive. Okay. Let me step up my pace here. Well, using some. What's your last Last name? Kelly. Okay, so here we got it. Kelly Pat. Kelly Pat 1. Kelly Pat 1, no. 2. Sorry. Kelly no. Pat uppercase K uppercase no. P. Kelly no. Pat 1, 2, 3. It's got nothing to do with my name. So. Okay, so uh, yeah. you've, let a, you've given me a big one here. Sure. So do you want me to already... give you some more clues? Because we do not have a lot of time. Well, so. you've given me a big one that it's not your name. Here, I, what so I'll do is I'm going to hand you my driver's license. Okay. And you take a look at what the year I was born okay. on. And Let me see what you this find says. out there. Ah, Okay, I've got it. Is it summer? No, it is not. You were born in summer. Summer summer baby. Good guess, but that's not it. Uh, Roger, I want to thank you for being on the program and uh, sharing uh, some of your insights Mm -hmm. on on what Canadians should be doing to create strong passwords to protect themselves in this digital era. Absolutely. It's so important to do. And and, and if, if there's some people out there confused, they don't know what's a good password, well, let me give you one. That's an incredibly safe password, and that's uppercase P, platypus, three, number sign, four, dollar sign, five, five, beak. That's a great password. Is that your password? Yes, yes, it is. Just for my bank, though. Well, 
it's time once again to play the This Is That Puzzler. As always, we are joined in studio by celebrated puzzle master Richard Duncan. Richard, welcome back to This Is That. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, we had several listeners enter online, and we have randomly selected one listener to join us by the telephone and play the puzzler. Sharon Kindler is that lucky winner. She is from Nelson, British Columbia. Sharon, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi, Sharon. Are you ready to play the puzzler? Uh, yes, I am. Okay, fantastic. Now, Richard, I will turn the microphone over to you, and let's play the puzzler. Hello, Sharon. Hi, Richard. Okay, so I'll briefly go over the rules. I will be asking you four questions that you have never heard, because, of course, I have made these questions up myself. If you get better than 50% of the questions right, you will win a Puzzler mug and the title Puzzle Master. Oh, great. Great. So if you're ready, I'll begin with question number one. Sharon, I want you to think of a word starting with T. Now drop the T, and phonetically, you'll get a new word. It's a synonym for the first word. What words are these? Twirl and whirl. Yes, that's correct. Very well done, Sharon. That was very quick. Well, thank you very much. Yes, very well done indeed. So we'll move on to question two. Name a well-known movie from the past. Two words, seven letters in total. These seven letters can be rearranged to spell the name of an animal plus the sound it makes. Now, what animal is this? Uh, Lamb La Bamba. (laughs) Yes, that's correct. Well, Sharon, two for two and very, very fast indeed. Well, thank you very much. Yes, very nice work, Sharon. I'm going to switch gears now and move to geography. Uh, This British Columbia city has a name that is fit for a queen. What is the city that I'm thinking of? Fit for a queen. Yes, fit for a queen. It's, uh, I, I think I'm thinking of the right one. It's a British Columbia city? Yes, that's correct. City in British Columbia. Well, but, but Vancouver was is a royal, uh, I believe, wasn't uh, that's, royal? That's not the city that we're looking for. Uh, uh, Vancouver was a, a captain, Captain uh, Vancouver. right, yes. Yes, the ship captain. Um, Kelowna. No, I'm sorry, we're not thinking of Kelowna. Uh, think um, uh, a clue here. I think uh, we're west of Kelowna. Oh, Queen Nanaimo. No, I'm afraid that's not the uh, the name that we're that we're looking for. Uh, maybe this will help, Sharon. Uh, think of a uh, capital city. Mm, mm. That makes it a little bit easier. Campbell River. No, that's not the city that we're looking for. Kelowna. Oh, it must be Kamloops then. No, this British Columbia city has a name that is fit for a queen. A Duncan. Duncan. No, I'm sorry, Sharon. Uh, we're actually looking for the city of Victoria. Oh, yes. Oh, it was not easy, Sharon. Oh, no. Well, that's all right. Uh, we still have uh, one more question. It is, again, uh, a geography-based question. Are you ready, Sharon? Yes. Okay. What is the capital city of Ontario? Ottawa. Yes, that's correct. Great. Well done, Sharon. Well, thank you. So that was three correct out of four, which means you're 75%. And for that, we will give you a This Is That Puzzler mug. Well, thank you so much for having me. Congratulations, Sharon. It was a pleasure to play the puzzler with you. Thank you, Peter. 
And now, a story about a person. Meet Lori Henderson, Canada's first male doula. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Lori. How are you? Uh, well, I'm, I'm I'm freaking out a little bit. That's okay, understandable. I've been there a few times myself. It's yeah. Hi, my name's Lori Henderson, and uh, I guess I have the distinct uh, honor of of being recognized as Canada's first male doula. But remember, we have a birthing plan. I'm your voice in that room. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be there the whole time. Well, I used to be in real estate uh, in Brampton, and the market kind of dried up for me on that. And and it was after the birth of my second son, Skylar. It was a bit of a complicated birth, and I I guess uh, in the heat of the moment, I really had to step up and and be there for Carol. I'll tell you what. Why don't we start by getting her in the bathtub? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go run a bath and let's all get in there. Come on. And it was sort of in that process, uh, after the process of of giving birth to Skylar, she said, you uh, were my voice. And it wasn't even just Carol saying that. The doctor uh, had also stepped up and said, you know, wow, Lori, that was more effective than some doulas I've seen. But my wife uh, actually brought it up to a friend of hers that was expecting, uh, you know, a couple of months down the road, and and her friend invited me to, to step in, and that sort of got the ball rolling. Uh, my name is Dave Wilson. I'm Kathy Wilson. Um, when we first heard about Lori, uh, to be honest, we... <laughs> we thought it was a woman. <laughs> yeah. But, you, know, uh... you were a little nervous and apprehensive at first, you know, you're like, who is this guy? But then, you know, you spend five minutes with him and you think, this guy is capable of giving birth himself. I know. He <laughs> came know? over with some homemade guac. <laughs> yeah. And right away, I was like, on board. You know what I mean? He stayed for the football game. We watched the whole game together yeah. and he was just a wonderful guy. And, you know, we, we were sold yeah. like that. Yeah. Lori, should I be getting the bag ready now or... Oh, don't sweat it. Let's just get her in the tub and we can just kind of light a candle. Have you got any Bette Midler? Well, for me, I look at the whole uh, birthing process and, and kind of give it a sports analogy. Uh, kind of two months out before the birth, that's like spring training. You know, you're you're kind of checking in with each other, feeling each other out, seeing exactly how it is that you want this birth to go. We'll just kick that on and then you go ahead and just drop the clothes, hop in. Let's just relax. This is kind of a relaxation time. You know, about a week out uh, of, of the actual day of birth, That's it's playoff time. You know, you've gotten yourself this far, and things are really starting to uh, uh, happen pretty quickly. Just hang in there, okay. Dave? Okay, yeah, I'm going to get you to pull up the SUV as quickly as you can. Contractions are getting closer. We're going to get Kathy out of the tub, towel her off, and put her in the car, okay? It's go time, Dave. Let's do this, man. This is coming, Kathy. You're fine. Every day, you're driving, you're working, you're, you're putting your energy into making it to that championship game. Uh, which in this case, of course, is the day of birth. Come on, Dave, let's go. Up, up, let's go. Do I bring the bag? I don't care what you bring, Dave. It's about to have a baby over here. Hello, my name is Dr. Michael Morgan, and I'm a physician here at St. Joe's. Kathy, it's going great. I've double-checked with a couple of the nurses. Everyone's on the same page. Okay. All right, how are you feeling, honey? I, don't, I feel it's, really bad. It's okay, don't worry. I'm right really on your awful. side. One second there, Hey, Lori. doctor. Uh, hello, Lori. Uh, you're feeling a bit bad. All right, let's get you hooked up to an IV over here. Whoa, 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 time out. Tea time. No, no, no. There's no IVs being hooked up here. This is a natural birth, doctor. We're going to natural I've birth. I've worked plan. with Lori now on a couple births. Yeah, I know. And, I want um, IV. I'm her voice right now, doctor. And if you want to get up my face about this, we can take it outside. Okay. He's uh, certainly unorthodox to have a male doula, but uh, 
He, he tends to get people um, certainly enthused. I feel like maybe I want to stand up. Yeah, she wants to stand up. Let's get out of those stirrups. That's what we're doing. Uh, this is the time almost to actually bed down. We're going to lay no, you back a bit. No, for... she's not laying back. She's up on her feet here. Let me help well, her up. Here Lord, you go. Come on, Kathy. You're fine. I, mean, I think what makes me unique or, or sought after as a doula is that I'm kind of a no BS guy. Clearly I don't want to push, Lori. I, I do like... it. Trust your body. Your body knows. If you want to push, push. Go, let's go. Uh, and, and a birth is one of those situations where you don't have time for BS. Nothing's going to stop that train out of the station. And you better be ready. And you better do it with a pretty cool, calm head. And that's, that's, that's me too. Kind of cool, calm, and collected. It's quite unorthodox to be working with a male doula. He's the only one I know. But he gets the job done, doesn't he? It's certainly surprising. Yeah, I did it! You know, birth is arguably the most important part of life. And although I, as a man, will never get to experience what it's like to physically give birth, I think emotionally I am about as close to that experience as ever man will ever get. And for that, I'm very thankful. Good job, Duck. I'm sorry about that stuff earlier on. You know how it gets in the heat of the moment. <laughs> you guys clean up. I'm going to nip down to the parking lot for a smoke. Well, that was another episode of This Is That from CBC Podcasts. This show was created and performed by me, Pat Kelly. And by me, Peter Oldring. With additional voices supplied by... Lauren Ash and Chris Redman. Production support by Kelly and Kelly. Head of production, Lauren Berkovich. Senior producer and sound designer, Chris Kelly. Additional editing by Max Collins. With special thanks to Mike Belazzo, Kurt Smeaton, and Chris Straw. Roshni Nair is our digital coordinating producer. Executive producers are Cecil Fernandez and Chris Oak. Tanya Springer is the senior manager of CBC Podcasts, and Arif Nurani is the director. Thanks for listening, and remember, if it's not this, then it must be that. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.